What up, it's Mitch, and this is Zach. Welcome to Hot Takes Cold Brews, where each week we'll be talking about hot takes in health, fitness, and lifestyle. And to make sure these are epic episodes, we're cracking a brand new cold brew, catching a savage buzz each time. What is up? Hot Takes Cold Brews is back Today on the show, we've got Primitive Joe Cold Brew Coffee. Um, we can just crack them all. And, like, I'll probably drink this one, but we can try those one. Yep. Eliza wants to drink one. Yeah. I think we'll get our use out of them. So I think they're, man, I, I can't remember exactly. They've got an interesting story, though. They, they're they out of Georgia. Um, I got in contact with them. They're a relatively small brand. They started kind of as like all the businesses that we like to hear about kind of out of their house. And then, you know, they, they actually suffered the loss of one of their, um, an infant child that was born like at 24 weeks early. And so they kind of use it from, you know, what they, what they sent me from their materials. They, it sounds like they use this company to kind of like drive themselves through that period. So, and so now they, exactly. So they let this, they let this build and kind of use it as motivation, which is pretty cool um, cool. story. So I like their backstory. So primitive joe we appreciate you guys sending out uh the cans i actually really like the logo it's pretty cool it's like caveman style and what's up with it i think a lot of these coffee companies are going for like the branding of like primitive caveman Caveman. does it and like i think it's cool i guess like maybe just because it's like bare bones yeah like it's paleo probably oh that's true (laughs) i don't know if it is So let's crack them open. Which one should we open first? This this is the one we'll rate them all. We yeah. may as well just have some fun and yeah. and do that. I'm probably gonna chug this one. I mean, finish this one. Yeah, I hope I don't. Oh my god, did a blow up. I hope I don't finish them all. <laughs> Fucking won't sleep tonight. Jet packed. All right, first. That sip. smells dark. Oh god, that is so good. Wow. For a dark roast, dude, dude that's delicious. <laughs> that's so good. That is crazy. So this is from Rwanda, Kenya, Sumatra. It's a dark roast. Um, they call it Bold City. Dark roast, Bold City. And wow. you know I don't like Brood dark Georgia. Roast. You know I don't like dark. You roast. don't like dark roast, but that is that's good. That is fire. That's a good one. I like it a lot. You want to try the other ones? Awesome. Yeah, we may as well just pop them open, right? Pop them. Floral. Or should we save one? I feel like nah, I don't want to waste any, but I guess we got. I mean, we got you can three people that we can drink. Bottle these with. it up. So the other one that we're opening, what's the notes on that one? Let's this one, medium roast from Ethiopia, floral and bright. Sounds a lot more up my alley. Okay, this one is, uh, dude. It's it's the it's the nitrogen in there, I think, or if it's nitro. <laughs> well, this thing is like full of the brim. Oh. Yeah, dude, I like <laughs> I like to have. There we and, go. They fill up their cans. They don't <laughs> they don't jip you. No skimping here. Yeah, they don't skimp on the uh, on the amount. So this is um, the other one that I'm going to open is this white one here. White can, Bolivia, Rwanda, medium roast, nutty and refreshing is the note on that. And here we go. Wow. So you just have to know. Dude, not that to is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just have to know. <laughs> oh, what do we got to know? <laughs> I tried to. <laughs> I tried it's to. because be, they're tried too to, full. Yeah, I tried to be slick about opening the cans. Be careful. <laughs> they're really full. You just got to know. Oh, that one's really good too. That one's good. Oh my god! So These are all good. What's this one? Nutty. Whoa! Yeah. They're all so different. This one, I think the brown can's my favorite. 
I'd agree. Oh, my God. Uh, honestly, the dark roast is pretty good, though. They're all good. I can't even decide between the three if I was going to drink one of the cans right now, which says a lot. You got three delicious products. I think and, uh, I think the... the and they're not paying one. us to say that. This is like legit review. These taste good. I think the dark one, or I mean the brown one's probably my favorite. And the brown one is the floral and bright, the medium roast from Ethiopia. Dark roast is right up there. This one, I didn't really like. Awesome. It's okay. Well... They weren't lying on their website. They said they found some good product. They they said when they first started doing this, um, they would sell it in like or Was they would it like give a it to secret? family. They would give it to family and friends. No, I don't know. They just like were getting good coffee beans and making it, I guess. And and like they they were giving out. Everyone wanted it, like because mm. they were giving out in growlers and in uh, um, mason jars. Well, it sounds like it like the it's beneficial to do it in small batches. Mm-hmm. Like if you make it bigger, maybe that affects it. Because remember the mm-hmm. Ghost Alley was like, it's a small batch, so that's why. It's like, dude, it's like anything, like bourbon. Bourbon is better in small batches. I feel like if you take the care and the time to like make sure the ingredients get mixed correctly, you have the right coffee-to-water ratio, you have well, all Well, just the, chemistry, exactly. right? When you expand yeah. all the servings, like things change yeah. probably. More time, more room for air, and then also you can control because if a batch is bad, you don't necessarily have to put out that batch, but if you make a 1,000 gallons of this stuff and it's okay you're right well we have to put it out anyway uh-huh. so i'm sure it lets you control your inventory a little bit more as well so interesting, i'm a big man. fan i like it yeah. this is good this is gonna fuel us i'm already feeling good i'm just gonna take a big swig and then we'll get into it no no caffeine i nope. mean zero calories <laughs> there is caffeine in it <laughs> you said zero caffeine it's zero fat zero sugar I meant, zero dairy i meant zero uh clue on the caffeine oh yeah zero clue on the caffeine i'll hit them up though i'll hit them up during this episode they're they're active on social so we'll probably be able to get that answer for you guys because it's always nice to know how much caffeine is in each can so we'll get that figured out well that's my thing is like uh how do you even know yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should ask him. That's what I mean. The next so, person that we get on the podcast, we've got some, we've got some good connections in the cold brew industry now. So I'm sure we can figure out how they know how much caffeine is in each can. Because like, maybe if you're a small batch, you just don't even know. Yeah, that's true. Poss- possibly, and then you could probably guesstimate. It's probably based on guesstimate. So we gave the speech. We talked about it last week. We were going to talk to a uh, tech company and kind of go through um, and and teach them about health and movement and, and nutrition and healthy habits and easy wins. And I thought it was a good speech. We uh, I think we helped some people out that day, and it was fun. So we're, we're going to kind of go through some of the stuff we talked about again. Um, we kind of talked about last time some of the stuff that we were going to probably talk about, and maybe we'll just pick out – um, three different things um, like that we could pick out for our audience here that they could do immediately um, to help themselves out. So well, how did you feel watching the video? I thought it was good. I liked the delivery. I think um, obviously it's like, it's like anything that's like sports, you know, you go back and you look at it and you're like, okay, again, a game plan. This can ma- be better here, be better here. And I'll have to go through and watch it fully in the entirety. But yeah. I think for the little bit that I watched, I was, I'm happy with the, how it was received. I'm happy how it was delivered. Um, and it seemed like everyone or most people liked it. We got good, good feedback from people. Um, yeah. 
And so I think we'll just build from here, make it more and more successful for sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, obviously the, it was the delivery and everything. It was well received. I think when I was just watching it for myself personally, where I'm trying to get to is like you stationary here, pause for a bit. You're talking and then you move there. Yep. Pause for a bit. Cause that just like, Maybe to an untrained person, it doesn't seem like anything, but that just like constantly moving around, I don't know, it just makes you nervous almost or makes yeah. you like. And it's all, it's, that's all like procedural stuff to me. And it's like, that's the cool thing about this for, for everyone out there listening. The it's tape. like, it's like anything, like you could basically take anything and treat it like a sport if you were in sports or you know like review the tape like that's what i kind of talked to we talked about on the car ride out like as soon as we left the building and we got done with the lunch and we were out of there we immediately started talking about oh how do you think it went yeah. you know i can't wait to get the tape back so we had we had it um recorded so that we could go back and look at it use it as content but also use it to get better for ourselves and so that's kind of like the process that i think about in my life that i'm always trying to do in everything is like how can I take what I did, be happy with the result, and mm -hmm. count that as a win? Because I think that was a major win. Like we went totally. out there and did something pretty cool, yeah. um, and I think we did really well, especially given um, the circumstances of it and and the newer type of audience that you know we've been used to talking to some sports teams and stuff like that, and break out and get into an office setting and do some stuff like that is fun. But it'll be also fun to like take that tape and like look back and get better at it. And I think that's a cool takeaway from this whole thing is like. It's also fun that it's just like a growth opportunity. It's like the ability to like get better at this is just one more thing in life that we can get better at, can't which is public speaking. Yeah, exactly. And I think you have to, what you said, there's a couple of things you said that's important. Number one, you have to appreciate what you did. You know, like, yeah, I'm picking things apart, but those are minor things. Like in the overall, like I am happy with how we did and, and things like that. So you got to appreciate that. Otherwise, you'll just always think negatively. Um, but then you also have to have the, uh, I don't know if the word is like, is like being humble or you have to be humble enough to look at it and self-awareness, man. That's yeah. the, the, that's the, the self-awareness aspect that we've talked about. Well, sure. well, well, like a lot of people would be like, I don't want to watch it, you know, like. Uh, that's what a lot of people are like. Oh, I don't even want to hear my voice or whatever. But you have to be able to like be confident enough that you you want to watch it and and also like make improvements on it rather than like oh, I don't I don't want to see myself mess up. Like you have to be able to see yourself mess up, I guess. And I think that's a big thing to take away too. Like you're talking about, you know, in this world now that a lot of stuff is going digital. Like there's not a, a business in the world that's not going to have to do some type of digital marketing, videography, photography, podcast, audio recording, something in that realm. So it is something you get used to. Like I didn't always like to watch myself talk or listen to myself talk. Like I don't just record podcasts for my own health. Like I'm trying to help people out. I don't like to go back and listen because I don't really like <clears throat> like watching myself or hearing, you know, because it's always that strange feeling. Yeah. You start to get over it though. And then you realize, all right, I got to get over that. Like, you have to just get over the fact that you're, it's weird watching yourself and then say, okay, like I've got to take this into, into account and like make edits. So it's just like when I used to watch film of myself 
triple jumping or long jumping, I used to look at it and go, okay, like, let me see what I did right, but also let me see what I did wrong. Right. And it's a little bit more, di- it's a little bit different going in and watching yourself like do a speech because it's not an athletic event. But when you break it down, everything is, can be broken, broken down into like technical things. Yep. And so I think that, especially like, if we're doing this more often, mm-hmm. you know, and we're saying the same things, it's like, I didn't need to say that I can shorten that up or that was really good. Let yeah. me hone in on that. And, uh, I think that's a cool thing is, is that. You know, we will package it up and be able to, like, continuously do that because then you really get to get improved. Yeah. You know, when you're saying a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. And the reason why we're talking about this on the podcast, you might think, like, why is this important? Like, why is them talking about how they're going to get better at speaking good for me is because you can get a little bit of a look in towards, like, what our mindset is. Like, this is this is our mindset towards everything. Like, when I think about anything that I'm doing, I'm like... How can I, how can I make this better? You know, like being a physical therapist, being a a trainer, I always am thinking, how can I build upon what I just did? Like, how can I make that last session better? If this same presentation comes in or something like that, how could I have made that manual therapy technique better? If you're not, you're getting worse. Exactly. You know, like people, that's where people go wrong is they think like they're just going to cruise through this, but it's like, no, you're getting lazy. You're getting worse and your service is declining. And people always think about like, or they always say, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think there is some statement to that, especially in health and fitness and wellness is like, and as a practitioner and as a participant, it's the same way. Like yeah. if you're not working out, you're getting more out of shape. Yeah. If you are working out, you're getting more in shape. Mm-hmm. And just like we, just like us in medicine, medicine is always changing. Nutrition is always changing. Training is always changing. And so if you're not learning and you're not trying to be on that cutting edge, um, or at least up towards the top of that growth curve, um, then you're you're dying. You're losing the information. You're practicing old information, which is always not a good thing. You know, it's like yeah. so. That's that's a good mindset to have. So well, I think it goes the same way with your health journey too. Mm-hmm. Is kind of like people think I'm in decent shape right now. I don't got to work out. No, you don't work out now. You're not going to maintain. You're going to go on the decline. Yep. So. You have to always be looking at how you're going to continuously improve because otherwise you're you're going downhill. And if you're just trying to meet the bare minimum to maintain, you're probably going to go downhill anyway. Right. right. Because you're not going to you're not going to make the mark. So if you're putting in the effort to maintain, you may as well just put in that extra couple percent effort to hit that one percent growth in you know incline because it's very hard to hit that like steady state yeah like okay i weigh 190 pounds i'm 10 percent body fat i've got the right muscle mass my mobility is on point now how do i just maintain that equally like that's very hard to do and you're going to bounce up and down a little bit but the point is you can't just sit on autopilot and go okay i'm going to do what i've always done because the body's going to adapt and you're going to go downhill and that's an interesting thing about working out is like you can't always do what you've always done. Like I always hear people like, Oh, I used to run on the treadmill. It used to work for me. I'm like, well, you, you did it for eight months and now it doesn't work yeah. because you've used up that, that ability because your body's adapted to it. So now you got to change. You got to keep on changing and changing. Yeah. You got to evolve. But you know, I, and I guess that's a question we could try and answer, but it's like, why, why does someone have the opposite mindset? You know? Cause I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a growth mindset. Um, uh, but like for me looking at this speech like 
I just like having things that I can improve on in my life, you know, because if there's nothing to improve on, I don't even really, I'm not motivated. It's a mindset thing, man. I think. So I guess the question is why are some people looking to just cruise? That's such a hard question to answer, but I think it would start definitely with um, life experience, um, like people who have come up against obstacles that seem really hard, motivation, um, the people that they're surrounded by, their environment yeah. and things yeah. like that, what they've been taught to believe that they can improve on. Because there's a lot of people that are like, I'm not a public speaker. Right. I, I don't do it. I can't do it. But then I wasn't a public speaker. I hated public speaking, and I was scared to get up in front of people. I've always liked to talk to people, but in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. And But I've grown, and I've improved my ability to do the speaking uh like public speaking in front of large groups um just by using the same method of like practicing growing imagining using like those kind of strategies like picturing myself there talking to the people and putting myself in that speech and kind of going through that um and i've grown a lot through that um but it's also easier to take the approach of like uh, I'm just going to try to maintain or try to lay low and just see what the bare minimum is that I can get by with. I think I think you got to attach it to a greater goal, you know, because like for me, I want to get better at these public speaking things. Right. Because I got a goal in mind to be like one of the top, you know, so if you don't have that greater goal in mind at whatever activity you're doing, like why would you really care? Mm -hmm. You know, I look at, I look at like when I worked in an office, I didn't try that hard. I didn't really push myself to improve in a lot of ways because what was I really going for? I wasn't going for anything. At the end of the day, that's probably what the answer is. It's like, you got to find something that you're passionate about. That'll motivate you to do it. Like, People will lose weight and get in shape for their wedding very easily mm-hmm. or more easily. Right. Because they're like, oh man, there's a finite thing I'm working towards. Yeah. I want to look this good because I'm going to have these pictures that are going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do it. But if you're just like in your day to day and you're like, what am I actually getting fit for? Like, am I just getting fit to post pictures on Instagram? Well, I don't want to succumb to that. Or am I just getting, you know, like no one's ever going to see this. It's like, you got to set something. That's why I think that we talked about on previous episodes is like finding an athletic event or achievement that you can go do. That's going to push you to that. Or just realizing that like, like within myself, I realized that like when I, when I start to get, when I get out of control with my diet and I start to gain weight, I feel bad about myself. And I say, is it like, I don't want to be fit for other people. I actually want to be fit for myself because I feel better about myself, both physically and mentally. And so that's my goal is like, I remind myself constantly of like, think about how you feel. Like when I had surgery and I gained 30 pounds and I was 225, how bad I felt. Like I just, in my body, I was like, this isn't the body I was meant to have. So I realized that like, okay, I got to work at this and I got to keep maintaining this for my mental and my physical health. Yeah. And you know, you brought up another thing that is beneficial is environment. Cause if no one around you is pushing themselves or trying to get better, like you won't. But if you, if you've ever been in an environment where everyone around you is constantly trying to improve, you naturally like, shit, I got to do something. You know, I think that was a big wake up call for me is, putting myself in a lot of those positions with like high performers. I was like, 
damn, I don't have enough going on, you know, not to say that everyone has to, but you just like you get in those positions. You naturally want to, you get in a position where everyone, you know, is fit. You'll probably work out more. Well, you're going to start going to the classes with them. You're going to start going to the gym because that's the social event. They're like, oh, we're going to the gym. Healthier. So are you. we're, We're all going to the gym. Like, that's what we do on Friday nights, and that's what we're going to do. So, like, that's right. what your group your group mentality, that's your group behavior. Like, people are very pack-oriented. And so, mm-hmm. if your group is doing something that doesn't fit your goals, you're never going to get your goals because you're going to get weighed down by the pack because <clears throat> no matter what, that like, it's hard to break loose of that. And we kind of had a good conversation after the talk with one of the employees there, and we were kind of talking about that as, like, it's interesting once you break out of that that pack mentality and you go, okay, let me find a new pack that I can roll with that has the same mentality as I have. Then that's when that becomes very powerful. Because if you want to be an entrepreneur and you're hanging out with a bunch of people that are sitting on the couch playing video games, you're not going to have a whole lot of people that like boost you up in those times that you're not motivated. So yeah. when you're like, oh, I don't feel like working, they're going to be like, well, why don't you just grab a controller and play? Yeah. Whereas if you're with a bunch of friends that want to be entrepreneurs, they're going to say, they're going to be working. Like, oh man. Like this guy's working on something like, Hey, bring your laptop over. We're all working tonight. Like, okay, let's, let's grind this out. Okay. Let's shoot video. Like that's what me and you do. You know, it's like, all right, I got these videos that I need and pictures. These are the pictures and videos that I need. Let's do this together. Let's knock them out. So we have the, the motivation to do it together. Mm-hmm. And that's the, some that we've talked about time and time again on here is like, you got to find people that are going to help work you into the, like help build you up and yeah. not tear you down to the things that, um, you want to be doing so yeah I think and that just comes down to you getting clear on what you want that to be and then you got to evaluate are the people around me doing that too are they good for this are they supporting or or hurting and then you decide all right then you decide all right these are the people I'm going to roll with or shoot, I got to find some other people because this isn't really working out, you know? And that's tough. It's a tough thing to do. But I think the way, like, some people say is, like, you don't have to, like, say, like, I can't be friends with you guys, you know? It's yeah. like majority of my time, though, has to be spent with people who are doing what I'm trying to do. Yep. It just has to. And I'm lucky because I never had to make one of those scary jumps because I can imagine that that jump would be very scary, and I never had to make that jump. Um, my jumps were always natural. Like I was moving state to state. So when I moved from Seattle to Albuquerque, like I automatically could set up a new friends group and kind of find the people that I liked. And then when I moved back to Seattle, a lot of my ties had kind of been broken just because I'd been away for so long, you know, 10 years Then I was able to like build a new group again. And like, that's when me and you got back in touch is like, so that my jump was a little bit easier than some other people's because it was just a natural, like, all right, here, I'm out of here. And like, I still like, I stay in touch with the people that I stay in touch with for a reason that from back where I used to live, because they're the kind of people that I need to surround myself with. So even if it's not very often that my contact is with them, I still try to contact them because I'm, I got to keep those, those relationships going because I care about the people, but also you know, those are the kind of people that like I thrive off of. Yeah. And so like, that's the kind of thing is like what I'm trying to find around here is more and more people to surround myself with that are trying to go to the same place that I'm going to. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it's just crazy to think about, but like even I look back and like, like look at like your track career, right? 
like hanging out with all like people who aren't at that level and don't really care that much isn't beneficial. You know, yeah. it just really isn't. But then when you get around people who are, things change. Well, yeah, and there's always those members of the group. Like, it was interesting because I was in elite tra- – I've been in elite training groups, and there's always the people who are – like, everyone's elite that pull, basically tries to pull you up, right? So you're all elite. You want to beat each other. But when it comes to the day-to-day practice, it was interesting because there's always – those athletes that were super talented so they could be in the elite training group, but they didn't have an elite training mindset. They were just like, for me, like I overcame a lot of physical limitations comparatively to some other people who were jumping and sprinting that had more natural talent by having a crazy work ethic and motivation. And like my practices were extremely serious. I didn't joke around. Like I stood in line. I thought like if I, if I got some feedback on a jump, I like stood there and thought about it and it visualized my next thing until I went. Whereas there was other guys who were sitting there joking around, like pushing each other. And then they weren't ready when it was time to go or like they're, you know, like half ass and everything. Yeah. But they still had the elite talent to train with us, but they would pull the group down. They would pull, they would pull other totally. people into their, into their antics. You know, yep. they would pull people away from the seriousness of it. Mm-hmm. And so it was always nice to find training partners that were just as serious about training as me and had the the same level of talent or even more talent because then I felt like I had to try to catch up with them. That's awesome. But it was like, it was interesting because it was like, just because someone's really good at something doesn't necessarily mean they have the mindset to help you, especially if it's not something you're naturally good at. Right. Right. So I understand like why like incubators for tech companies work because they're surrounding themselves with a bunch of people who have the same idea. Like, Hey, I'm going to live in a house and eat, sleep and breathe like startup, like tech stuff. Something like great. Sweet. That sounds like a freaking great idea. And YouTubers are doing that too. Like they're living together and they're creating and they're doing it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I was going to say is like, you know, when you get around people, what are your thoughts on sometimes I go back and forth on like, it's good to be around people who like are, are head and shoulders more successful or better at something than you. Because it pushes you, you're like, shit, I gotta try harder. Um, do you think that's more beneficial? Or also, you know, being around people who aren't, you know, you're just head and shoulders above them. I guess that's kind of a confidence booster because you're like, yeah. But at the same time, I think that makes you get complacent. Yeah. It's so, I don't know. I go back and forth. Like, I get what you're saying. I think it's good to have mentors that are head and shoulders above you, yeah. but also it's hard to operate. It's, it's hard to operate on a day to day and be around those people and be motivated because they're at such a higher echelon than you. It's hard to see the road from where you are to where they are. You feel like giving up. Yeah. yeah like when I'm hanging out, if I'm hanging out with like a bunch of CEOs that own physical therapy companies, then I'm going to go, well, like these guys are just talking about different stuff. Like they're not on the the grind motivation side they're like on the building an empire or maintaining side or like you know they have different problems or you're gonna be like so focused like i want to be like this guy Mm -hmm. and you're gonna think like how do i get there rather than like all right they've been doing this a lot longer you know i think that's that's sometimes my issues with being around people who are head and shoulders above is like i'm like i want to be like this guy tomorrow and I don't want to have that mindset because that doesn't that's not beneficial. I'd almost rather have someone that's 
earlier on in their journey than me that's grinding harder than me. Right. Maybe that doesn't know as much, but is putting in the effort. Because then I'm like, dang, well, this guy's putting in a ton of effort. I got to keep on pushing. Otherwise, he's going to catch up and pass me. Right. Well, you know, like that's the kind of person that I think that I would thrive around. But also people at the same level that are going through the same problems, the same growth issues as, as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of go through, it's nice to be in a connection. Like if you're open to a business, it's nice if you have a two-employee business to know other people that own a two-employee business. Yeah. And then you can start to figure out, okay, what what did you do when you went to three and you had to, you know, find, you had to pay the, the taxes and then you had to get the insurance on workman's comp and like all of those little things that start to come up. It's nice to have someone maybe just a little bit above you yeah. that you can kind of follow the path. But it's also nice to have someone below you that's grinding super hard that pushes you. So you almost got like a push and pull system where someone's pushing you and someone's pulling you up. Yeah, uh, I think it was Ty Lopez. He said, like, have someone that you're learning from, have someone that you're working together with, and then have someone that you're teaching. So it's kind of like you should have one of all three around you, like you said, Mm -hmm. someone that you're getting information from, someone that you're working with, and then someone that you can teach and you see the hustle still. Because yeah, if you look up there, you'll yeah. lose the hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it almost solidifies the the stuff that you're learning from the higher top. You're pushing it down to the bottom. And you're going, hey, this is what I learned. And then it's kind of like a t- the teaching opportunity is just as powerful as the learning opportunity. It's like that's a pretty cool thing to do. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, because Gary Vee says it a lot, how, like, people at the top are now preaching, like, work-life balance like you shouldn't hustle you know it's not good and he's like how did you guys all get there you know you didn't get there doing the things that you're saying so like i agree you start looking at these guys who are 20 years ahead of you start start being around them you're gonna be like oh well they're not doing shit today i shouldn't do shit today it's just like guys guys like ed milet and those guys they talk about you know Oh, I have really good work-life balance. I'm at all my daughter's games. I got a private jet so I could do that, like to cut off these hours. Like, sweet. Like, that's not available to How'd everyone you get else. That? Up. Yeah. That's not a preachable thing. And I understand, like, what he's going for is, like, he's doing things in his life. He's setting things up so he can hit that work-life balance. And that may be what you have to do. But <clears throat> realize, to get where you want to go, there may be less work-life balance than you want. Like, we're recording uh, at... 4.30 to 5.30 to 6.30 on a Saturday evening instead of like that's breaking up our day but we're putting in the work because hopefully this will start to pay dividends in the future which is kind of what this is like the investment the investment of time which is all we have right now is our time and our experiences because we that's what we're trying to share with people yeah and so well I think I think it's kind of you can compare it to your health journey right like someone who is really overweight that overeats a lot like them hanging out with maybe you or I, who's like, I don't give a shit if I have a cupcake today. Cause mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me. Yep. They're going to think, well, he looks good. He's eating a cupcake. Maybe I should. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't. Cause you're not where I'm at. You know, same thing goes with, with the uh, money, I think too. Or, or like you skip your workout. Cause you're like, well, I've been working out 10, 20 years. So this one isn't going to be a big deal. But you, who hasn't who been just working, started, yeah, you know, you got five probably, days in, yeah, probably shouldn't skip when one when one of us does, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's like Dwayne. It's like Dwayne Johnson. It's like going, 
well, Dwayne doesn't always work out when he, you know, like every day. So I shouldn't do that. Or like, you know, he's already put in the time, the effort. There's probably been years where he's, well, he probably, I think he actually works out every single day, like yeah, no matter what so. still. Like. But even if a guy like him wasn't, you'd be like, okay, well, he put in 20 plus years of working out every single day to afford right. himself those abilities to not do that. So it's like, it's just like we have friends that are going to Coachella and hanging out and doing those things and spending all this time and effort doing that. And like when I'm, maybe someday I'll we'll have the ability to do that but like I'm like well I'm going to put that on the back burner cuz I'd rather be doing this yeah. and putting in the putting in the growth and the and the work um but I still have good work life balance I mean I still do fun things oh, I just yeah. haven't like when my work week's over at my normal job I'm not just like ah I'm done like it's over like I still go home and I put out content and I still shoot off emails and edit our website and handle the financials and all that stuff. So, um, that's just what we choose to do. This got, this, this got into a really good mindset talk. We were going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we, um, we gave away or some of the like key items that we were talked about at the, at the talk. So let's jump into a couple of those. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy some of that mindset stuff, but, Couple practical things. How about that, Mitch? Three, three practical things that someone could do right now to better their health and to help them execute on some of this other stuff that we're talking about, like the mindset stuff. Like, how can people be more successful with their gym workout, you know, or or things like that? What's your number one? Uh, I mean, my, I guess number one is, I think more people need to know calories they need to know where their calories are at where they should be at what they're taking in like just getting that down could alleviate a lot of stress a lot of confusion um and it's 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 interesting to me because that's such an it's such a simple thought but no one does it right like if you went and asked and people are like, oh, I don't want to diary everything I eat. Well, just do it for like an average of a week and you'll probably get like you probably eat a lot of the same meals. Right. Like if you did it a week or two, you'd get a great idea of what you're doing. And at least it might go like, whoa, why am I taking in 3000 calories? But like there's a lot of people out. Most people out there have no even like clue to what they're at. And so they're worried about their weight and they're worried about their they're like um, not being able to lose weight, but yet they have no idea what they're burning and they have no idea what they're putting in. So they're just like throwing shots in the dark. Like, oh, I guess I should probably cut out a banana. Well, it's just like every decision you make at that point is like a worry. So that's why I'm like, if you just figured it out, you would relieve so much stress out of your life because you're like, I know this is good. I know this is good. Yeah. I know this is not going to be too much. That one... I'm not sure. Let me adjust. Like, well, and the cool thing is, you know, if you're in a deficit or not, you don't have to get to the end of the day and go, I think I had a pretty healthy day today. Or, uh, I don't know about today. Like, I don't know what I have to do tomorrow. Cause then if you know, if you overshoot it by 500 today, you might want to take it a little easy tomorrow to like even it out. Or like, you know, just as long as you get it on the, on the grand scheme of things, if you can get, okay, in a week, I've got the right amount of calories. Like if you could focus on that and kind of, you know, perpetuate that, then you could you could get it under control and at least you would know what you're doing. It's like your finances. Like if you don't have have any idea what your income is and your outgo is, and then you overdraft your account, like 
sucks to be you. Like you just didn't take control of your finances. You didn't have any idea. I think, I think just like I said, that, that awareness and that stress reliever of just knowing, you know, it goes with your finances. It goes with your pains, you know, like that's why I always say with like physical therapy and stuff, like just figure it out. So you, cause then it's like, Oh shit, am I going to get hurt today? Like, is this going to be worse? Am I going to have to like, is it going to break? Like that's all stress and that's all affecting you in so many ways. So it's just like, just get the clarity. Yeah. And most people that come in that like you make a good point on the pain thing. Most people that come into my clinic, they just really want to know why they're having pain. And then once they know they can handle the pain. Yeah. Whereas like when it's an unknown pain and they have no idea what caused it, it's harder for them to like internalize and deal with and just be like, okay, I can wait this out. Cause they have no idea what it is. They don't how, know how long it's going to last. They don't know if it's going to get worse or what's making it worse. So then once they can get some clarity of saying, okay, don't do these things, keep doing these things. This is how long it's going to take. This is the structure that's injured. And they go, Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Like I can relax now. And so like, that's kind of the same thing as we're talking about with the calories in calories out is like, at least just know where you're at. So you, so you're not just like stressed all the time. Like, Oh, does like, if I eat this salad or if I eat the burger instead of salad, I'm going to be over probably, or maybe I don't know, or maybe you could eat that burger and not stress about it because you're going to be way under anyway. And then that would just take out a whole thing that you just stressed out about. And, and you know, like it's just, it's just insane to me how much of our issues we create for ourselves. Like, like even with the pain thing, yep. like, most people start to worry about it then they overcompensate obviously and then you just create another issue same with the calories you worry about it and then now you just don't eat so now you're creating another issue it's like just get clear on all this stuff and you would like you would alleviate so much so many issues yep yeah i think that's cool that's a great piece of advice what about you i think the number one thing that i came away with for myself after this after kind of talking how it all summed up was just kind of like know know your mobility or at least work on it daily and consistently because just like anything else like gaining weight you actually typically notice probably a little bit faster than you do notice like the loss of mobility but most people don't notice mobility until it's gone and then it's too late to get back or it's not too late it's very hard to get it's very hard to get back. So it's like anything that's good, yeah. it it takes time. Where everything is bad, it goes quick. Like it's very easy to gain weight. It's very hard to lose weight. It's very easy to to uh lose muscle mass like if you like laid in a bed for a week, but it's very hard to put on muscle mass. That's the same with mobility. It's kind of easy to lose mobility, but it's hard to gain it back. Um but it can be gained back and it can be maintained. So I think that my thing is like we're all working out. We're trying to eat healthy. If you're drinking water, you may as well add the, that last pillar, which is like mobility and flexibility. And, and some of the mobility stuff comes along with strength. Like being really strong, it, you're like you're a lot more effective if you also have a better range of motion to use your muscles through. So that was kind of my big takeaway is like you can do, you can be consistent with mobility even at your desk job. Like there's 50 stretches you could do while you're working at a computer. You just got to know what they are and actually sit down and do them and set reminders for yourself to do them. And so I thought that was, that was kind of something that it seemed like was helpful for a lot of people. Um, just to realize, Hey, I can like, 
I don't have to set aside 45 minutes of the day because I'm not going to do it. Like if I try to, even in my schedule, if I say, oh, I got to stretch for 30 minutes a day, like that's not happening. So I build it into my day and I probably easily stretch for 30 minutes just because it's built into my day. Um, and that's how I maintain my mobility. Well, I think, I think, uh, you know, pointing out how that one guy was sitting with his leg up, like you may realize that you already do a lot of this stuff, but now it's just like really optimizing it. So it's like, all right, every time your legs up, I'm going to reach above overhead, you know, or something like that. And then every time this legs up, I'm going to notice and switch it too. Yep. Yeah. And just, yeah. Making it a routine. Right. Like I have it built into my head now. Like I was telling them, you know, every time I'm standing at my, at my standing desk, I have a standing desk that rolls around. And anytime I'm standing by a table, I just automatically put my foot up there and I start stretching my hip and my quad just because it's easy to do that. Or if there's a step in front of me, I'll put my foot up and lean forward and kind of stretch my hamstring. So I kind of like, or, or if I'm sitting, I'll cross my leg and kind of stretch my hip. And that's kind of just easy things that I can do throughout my day. That doesn't like, I don't notice. It's like that 1% you were talking about during that speech. It's like, you aren't going to go, oh man, that doing that one minute stretch on the hip flexor is really killing. Like just blowing my, my day. day. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not going to think back and remember it either way. You're not going to remember that you did it or you're not going to remember that you didn't do it, but your body will remember. And that 1% will add up over time and you actually build a successful habit and you actually help your body out. Whereas if you just don't do it, you know, you you'll never get that. And just like you said, you're not going to regret taking the stairs. Like you're not going to look back on your day and go, Hmm, that day was pretty good, but I wish I wouldn't have taken those three flights of stairs, you know? So just get it into your day. It's tough in the moment, but you're going to thank yourself later. And that's, I think, uh, the biggest takeaway of the whole thing was that a lot of this stuff, you're not going to notice either way, but you've just got to do that 1%. And it's, you know, it was super eye opening for me how proactive that company was being for people. But remember they were like, everyone here has a standing desk. No one's. I asked them how much, (laughs) how many people use it. And they said, there's one guy that consistently uses it. And so it's like, you can only set yourself up with so many gadgets and things to help you. You've actually got to take advantage of it. And so that comes, that's like 100% what I look into that is like, okay, this is like a systemic problem of like the mindset and the, and the, discipline to do it versus like having the access to do it yeah and like so i always think about that as like just because i tell someone to get a stand-up desk and they get it doesn't mean they use it and doesn't mean they use it effectively Mm -hmm. and so then it's the discipline to actually do the things that you need so set yourself up for success but then actually do it yeah and you know looking at kind of what you were talking about what i could see someone doing is you you have to create a trigger for it so that could be like maybe next week you're not going to do all the stretches. So maybe next week, every time you do find yourself in that hip stretch, like I said, you're going overhead or, you know, every time you stand up, like you said, you're going to stretch your quad mm-hmm. and just starting with one. And now that you do that every day, like eventually you won't even notice you're stretching your quad and then when you do that, then it's like, all right, I'm going to tilt my neck. I'm going to look to the side type of thing, too. And then eventually you're where Zach is and you're just doing it for 30 minutes. And that's the same thing with some of the stuff that you were talking about was like with the drinking, um, like drinking water. Like every time you get up to go to the bathroom, when you come back, you've got to drink eight ounces of water or drink a cup of water. 
then you're refilling what you just lost and you're setting it as a trigger. You're like, okay, every time I go to the bathroom, I've got to drink some water. So then you don't get in that perpetual dehydration state. And it doesn't have to be bad. Like, I'm not saying like you have to, oh, to stay hydrated, you have to drink as much water as you just peed out. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that creates a trigger for you that you say, okay, and at first it's going to take time to do it and get used to that being your trigger. But eventually you're not even going to think about it. It's just going to happen because you've set that into your patterns. And we're built to accept patterns. Like we like rituals. Like most of us, if you probably thought about it, get dressed and do your morning routine. And even though you've never thought about it, you probably do your morning routine in the same order every morning. And so what if you just started to introduce something else into that, which feels like a little bit of turbulence. It feels like you're going turbulence because it's throwing you off your normal routine, but then it becomes part of your routine and you never think about it. So like drinking that glass of water in the morning or eating the Savage Oats in the morning, maybe it feels a little bit turbulent to make the Savage Oats the night before, but eventually it's like, oh, that's just part of my morning, my nightly routine. Like I make my Savage Oats, brush my teeth, I go to bed. Like that's just, now it's automatic. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the goal is like make those automatic things you do because everyone does them, but just make them optimal and things that benefit you. Exactly. All right. That was uh pretty good, pretty good cold brews. So we're going to rate these guys at this point. So I think we just got to rate them as an overall brand. Yeah. I can't rate like every single one. They're all pretty close to me anyway. Yeah. So, so I'll rate them I'll rate them as an overall brand for sure. So again, Primitive Joe, we got three different cold brews. We got the Bold City, we got this the Black Can, we got the Brown Can, which is like a, a floral like bright medium roast from Ethiopia, and then we got the White Can, which is uh from Rwanda and Georgia. So, what do you think, Mitch? Zero to ten, the scale is. I think the highest we've ever rated is eight point five, which is a very good rating because those are delicious cold brews. Um, I can't tell. Is this nitro? No. It seems like it is, but I think it was just way too full. That's why it exploded like that. Yeah, they were full. You get your money's worth for sure. Um. I'd say, I'd say seven, eight. Solid. Um, tasted great, you know. But seven, eight's good. Seven, eight's solid. This, the brown can, I think, is an 8.3 for me. Yeah. The brown can is. The black can, I would say, is an 8.0. I like the... I like this boulder roast, but this one has just got that that different flavor to it. Yeah. I think that's what I'm looking for now at this time is like something that's not so watery, a little bit of good like good coffee flavor. Like I think this does it for me. Yeah. This one. Yeah, I'm more into the nitro flavor. Like the feel of it. Yeah. Because it's got that different that feel. Texture. Yeah. yeah. And who knows? Maybe they'll come out with something on nitro, but they got a great base product to uh yeah. to go after like a seven eight is solid dude if i if you could just pour this out of like a growler like a nitro growler and just like fresh nitro on this it would be it would be so so good this would be but i think for me really this the brown one is the is the best of the bunch 
the white can is really good too. And then the black can is, I mean, all these are solid. I would drink any, like if, if I had one, like if I passed by one of these at a whole foods, I would definitely buy these like on the weekly. Um, so I would love to add this into my, my rotation of cold brews that I get for sure. Um, I think it's solid. 8.3, 8.0. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Well, thanks again, Primitive Joe. Um, we appreciate it. And uh, I think that's all we got for you guys today. Peace out. Later. What's up, guys? Hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you really liked it, go ahead and share it with a friend. We would really appreciate it. And if you have any topics you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out. Let us know. We're always open.